from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Eric Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is a character creation world building podcast where each week we take a listener prompt and we carve a beautiful sculpture out of it. And then we take that sculpture and we we bring it together. We take we every week we create four of these beautiful tabletop characters. Yes. No, we create two. Uh, yeah, because that's that's a lot of work. <laughs> every week we take two, uh, we create two characters every single week, and then with the two of us, the four of us, go on a magical summer's journey where it's really not just that we're going on a journey, but like really we're discovering what it's going to mean to become adults. Oh my There's god! See if we run for we run we all every single week we end up running from a train, which is a very specific thing that we probably don't need to do every single week. But like that's what we do, and then we fight off some bullies, and then maybe sometimes there's magic. Sometimes it's like whoa, there's a magical crab, and it gives us wisdom. But sometimes it's really just life. Like sometimes we just you know find out that the old the monster in the old quarry was just a. A sad old man who wanted to be left alone. Okay, we struck I got our friendship with the old man, and <laughs> I gotta ask: Is this a specific thing? I was literally sitting here just staring at the audacity, like, "Yo, if Jeff is making this up, I'm in over my head. I can't keep up." Or is this like, is this the plot of Stranger Things? Or something? This is the plot of well, it's partially Stranger Things. It's the kids on bikes genre. I've been really into like the kids on bikes genre recently, like uh, you know, Stand by the Stand by Me's and the It's and the okay, Stranger okay. Things is. Okay, because I was like, I think this is, like, it, but I was like, what the fuck is happening? It's really, pretty specifically Stand By Me, because it's, like, the four kids walking through, and then there's the famous scene where they have to run from a train. So every week we take two characters and we basically grow up together. Yeah, and then after, but then also we look at having grown up as adults, we look back and it turns out that one of our fantasy children was stabbed in the throat at a McDonald's. Okay, first of all, I have to clarify. Which is how Stand By Me ends? Oh, okay. I was like, (laughs) Jeff. Fuck. I was like, that's going to be a rough edit. <laughs> like, no, that's just how that book ends. It's literally like, yeah, we had a magical summer. My best friend got stabbed in the throat at a McDonald's, and he's dead now. Oh, my God. Time to go off and walk with my kids. It's a weird ending, Aaron. It's a really weird ending for, like, a childhood coming-of-age story. And an intro to our podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we can probably cut the. We can probably cut all of that. No, I'm not cutting shit, Jeff. All right, so what are we doing, fucking darlings? We we can talk about a movie. Yeah, all right. So what are we doing this week? So this week, uh, I think we've been talking. Okay, so we have what, like fifty fucking episodes now, something like that. I think I think it's important for us because now, if you're just joining us and you starting like not at the beginning. Or, I mean, you should, but if you don't want to, we can do a history lesson and where we kind of recap what we've going on, what's been going on in the other history lessons, and just further touch on the history of this world. Because with every episode now, we've been kind of like throwing it back to the past with, um, like even Catch Cavalier with Barney mm-hmm, Barkist. Mm-hmm. So if you're not like familiar with everything 
or you just want a nice refresher, because I do, let's fucking go. Let's do it. So let's start at the beginning. Let's just recap what we know. So fantasy is essentially, a, it's a planet, right? Yeah. Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. Planet created by five beings of power called the Five. They make the world, you know, there are caretakers, and then they decide to supply us with magic. They live under, they don't live underground, but they're just like converted into pure magical energy. They fuel the ley lines that flow through the earth with magic. Right. They left five relics of tremendous power behind. And that has been a very big deal in terms of like the actual world at large, not always like the tiny stories like Barney Bargast, mm-hmm. but just sort of like how the world works. It kind of is like dictated by who has these and if they're even found at all. Yeah, right, right, right. And if I remember correctly, the five we've talked, we mentioned them briefly. Yeah. Uh, the five are the prism pendant. Yep. The quill. Yep. The hat. Yes. Or the helm. Yes. The spectacles. Mm-hmm. And was it the gauntlet is the fifth? Yeah, we said like there's a gauntlet or a pair of gauntlets. We haven't really gotten into right. that. Yeah, but we, yeah, but yes. I, the, I like a pair of gauntlets. I think that's that's good. Yeah, it's the gauntlets. Cool. So yeah, they they exist in fantasy, and if you have them, you have tremendous power. They're never they don't ever do the same thing, just something similar, you know. And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, they kind of are out there in the world because if you've listened to the history lessons with like the old moon shit, it's like we're it's we're kind of like getting to something about how the world was. Because Jeff, I I want what's what's a thought that occurs to me is. Someone once pointed out that, well, someone's f- feedback was that the world of fantasy is very, like, idealistic. Mm-hmm. And it's idealistic because, like, that's fun and cool. I don't know. I like it being perfect. I like an, I- I like an idealist, I like an optimistic fantasy world. That is just my own personal yes, fantasy preference. it's like, what if there is a world where all good things can happen? But the cool thing is, we, we made this rule or this kind of part of our the world where when you die... You go into the ley line and whatever you put in there changes the world. You know what I mean? Like for better or worse. Yeah. So my thought was, uh, with like the old moon and stuff, what if there were rulers of fantasy who had the relics and they were amazing mm-hmm. people and like brilliant tools for change and, you know, really started everything. But it was just a matter of like logistics that like, uh, no one was hanging out in different cities yet, necessarily. Mm-hmm, but these people mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. just amazing. And what if something happens where they died and their joy and their happiness and their optimism and their spirit of growth fueled the ley line so much that the future is just this super inclusive, amazing, positive, happy place? I like that. I like that yeah, a lot. Yeah, and that's why we're kind of hinting at, like, with the old moon, it's like, oh, this... Elf Nymphaeolacus, you know, she was like the ruler of Moon Crescent and she had the quill and, but unfortunately she made a mistake and was like, oh, I can stop the tides if I stop the, the elven tides if I stop the actual tides, but it like causes an ice age. And so like, what if Arthur had to stop her? Cause that's where I like, we could actually like make things that happened that were not good. You know what I mean? Where it doesn't Mm -hmm. always have to be like everyone playing kumbaya all the time. Because I like conflict and fantasy. 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, kind of like the old moon is the history of Nymphalakis, uh, this, the woman who held the quill and was this bard and Moon Crescent was amazing. And every day she would write you a letter that told you how incredible you are and exactly what you needed to hear. But she unfortunately played a song that made, blocked the fucking sun and caused Moon Crescent to freeze. And I, I don't know, what do you think happens after that? Because for me, I think of like the Justice League where like Superman would be like, whoa, 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 what? You did what? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it would cause, yeah. it would cause some of like, I, did they make some, did the, okay, so there's five rulers each for the cities. Did they make some yeah. pact that was like, you know, we'll never use this if it ever comes to a point where our power affects people negatively you know are we gonna are we gonna have a problem is there like some pact where it's like you never use this against people let me pitch something to you yeah yeah what if there's no pact oh fuck what if there's no pact because no one considered no one even thought this was like an option Um, on this scale until this moment i love that it was just you know like it was it was that they had no one had no none of the five none of the five is it the five point crown the jeweled crown five jeweled crown the five jeweled crown which is the term for the five rulers of the five uh civilizations of the five like the five people with the five artifacts that rule the five civilizations and are their sort of mystical guide figures yes the five jeweled crown they didn't have rules per se because fucking you weren't supposed to freeze your city <laughs> like that just wasn't a literally I kind of picture it like, um... Sorry, I'm laughing. No, it's fine. I kind of picture it like the, uh, almost... You know, it's the type of thing where the law has to be passed after yes. something happens. Ooh, it's like... smart, smart. Okay, I have a good example. Saturday Night Live. If you watch, like, a first season episode of Saturday Night Live, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever gone back and done no, this. No, I can't do it. They're, like, 15 minutes long. Oh, fuck. <laughs> because, because... This also is true of, like, The Muppet Show. Like, The Muppet Show's never been, like, The Muppet Show on DVD is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. None of the episodes are, like, complete. Because at the time they were made, things like DVDs and resharing and streaming didn't exist. So, like, they just didn't have a rule for it. Yeah. It's a question of, you know, so it's, how do you make a rule for something that doesn't exist yet? So, like, Moon Crescent freezes... And suddenly they're like, well, fucking, I, why didn't we, like, have something in place to stop this? Because I didn't know you could do this. Yeah. that It's it's completely true. Like, that's very, God, that's good. That's so good. Where it's, it was totally unexpected. I think it was unexpected on both parts. Because it obviously wasn't, like, an act of villainy. Because uh, we're saying that, like, Nymphaea was trying to, like, help. If you were, if I was an elf, honestly, I would be like, you guys don't understand. Like, you don't have this fl- infl- this flow of, you know, weakness and strength. Like, you would want to do something about it to help everyone. And I tried. You know? Like, the act of wh- the Nocturne, playing the song that stops the tide. If I were the ruler of the elves, and every day I have to- I'm writing a letter to my buddies, my people- and it says, like, this is exactly, you know, I'm telling you what you need to help you get through the day, to lift you up, you know, to comfort you. I wouldn't, I would honestly think that the other, the other leaders, especially, like, don't get what it's like to have this title issue, you know? 
And I would want to help the elves. I would want to do something because it's like, yeah, I froze. I had to fucking try. I tried something. I I had to stop the fucking water. I stopped them. I made the moon come out. Yeah, this is terrible. And I want to help. I want to help the elves. God damn it. No, I think that's what makes it. That's what makes it fascinating and tragic. Is she wanted. She was doing this to try and help. But I also think there's this element of like trying to fix something that like can't quite be fixed and so it's taking this drastic option to like make things better but in the process making them so worse that is extremely poetic and painful and like it's wrong like it was the wrong thing it was a wrong thing to do to try this and like that's i i'm into the idea that it was this big huge gesture because she fundamentally misunderstood like how to go about something like this. Yeah. And, and it's an understandable mistake, and that's what sucks. Yes. It, it's it's tra- poetic and tragic is a perfect way to phrase the the act of... It's just so much... Because I, I can't... I, I don't like the idea, but the realistic thought is just like... It's it's scary to do this. The, the idea of like, what if I played a song that fucking yanks the moon across the sky? And just mm-hmm. it would have it's so desperate that you kind of you feel for this person who risks you know having her friends hate her to get rid of this fucking terrible thing or just try and who knows if it can even be stopped it do you want to say it cannot like the tides have to of course continue I think I think it's yeah I think that's it's it is what it is I think that there's no there's no fix that will fix the tide. It is simply a matter of living with it and understanding it and dealing with it one day, one tide at a time. That's super good, by the way. That's very, that was very good. So what happens as a result? Because I don't, I think it's far, I don't want to, so this is, welcome all. This is when we're kind of deciding what the fucking history of the world is. So if we, if we have some stutters, forgive us. So this is the part that I keep, this is what I wanted to kind of do this episode about, because it's a big part of history. Because we said in the episode that, like, she, all she did, she couldn't change anything. She just made the five jeweled crown shatter. So, mm-hmm. why does, why is no one that understanding? You know, I know she did a big bad, like she fucking froze Moon Crescent and made, like, the Earth colder. You know, the planet is colder as a result of the sun being fucking blocked. But why isn't everyone being like, oh my god, this is totally cool, we get it. Why is it like something has to be done? Like, is is Nymphaea not bending? You know what I mean? Is she just like, no, I, I can fix this. This is, this is, it, I can do it. Just give me more time. Let me pitch you an idea. Yes, please. So, the sun is blocked. Everything freezes. I think it's not just Moon Crescent. Like, yeah. the sun is blocked. It is straight up an ice age. It's fucking cold. Like, yeah. Yeah. Everything. Plants are dying. Plants are dying. Farms are wilting. Civilization is, is, crum- is like, starting to crumble a little bit. Like, there's panic. There is panic in the streets. There are riots. Things are bad. Because, like, Moon Crescent is perfectly encapsulated in this magical ice, right? Like, yes. everything is perfectly, is, is perfectly, ca- uh, It's, like, preserved, yeah. Everything else is dealing with the fact that the sun has been blocked out. <laughs> okay, that is, And so, there's, like, yes. there's panic in the streets, people are freaking out, there are riots, there are, like, warlords and bandits, it's a bad time. Yes. And everybody else is, and so what has happened is, like, 
the people are just i think the the five jeweled crown is just dealing with the enormity of like holy shit like the world has ended basically the world has ended yeah like everything is everything is in chaos what do how what do we do i think it's not even necessarily like that they're not understanding cuz i like to think at least i like the idea that at least arthur is like doesn't want to he doesn't want to hurt anybody. No. Let's talk about let's talk a little bit about Arthur. Yes, the please. Arthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The Azure King is jovial. Is if there's one word that I was to use to describe Arthur, it would be jovial. He's playful. He's a prankster. He has never. I think much of the early his reign has been, you know, dealing with threats. We saw in the King's Peace that he was going and like slaying sort of monsters that were terrorizing people. But we also saw that, like, he was just kind of hanging around, like, when he's in the castle, he's just hanging around joking with people. So my question for you is just a, just a note, is, so are there five people who rule their cities, is Arthur, like, the leader, or is he just another jewel? Is he just another, like, he's just the jewel of the sky? That's it. I think there is no, I think there is no leader, per se, because I think that there is no, there's no organization and i think that's part of what makes it so chaotic when like something like this happens when something like this happens when the world is thrown into disarray everybody is just kind of screaming at each other Mm. because like there's no order there's no logic and i think that's i don't even know if necessarily they i think the five jeweled crown might even be something that they've added that that they get labeled as later because I think that they're not even necessarily like interacting and working together. They're all kind of just trying to do their things separately. And this is maybe the first instance where the five like societies and five civilizations and five rulers are like, shit, we can't do this alone. Yes. I love this because I, I have the idea of like, they know about each other, obviously. As, like, because they're, like, they rule the fucking cities and they have the god powers, but they're not, like, you know, they don't meet up at the Justice Tower. They're just, like, yeah, yeah, like, Arthur has Iron Hill, you know, so-and-so has Geode. But this is the first, like, crisis where they have to come together and solve this problem? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I dig this. I dig this. So, like, they're, like, they're friendly, but not, like, close friends. They don't know each other as well as they should, probably. This probably could have been a lot easier to handle if they did know each other. Yeah. And I feel that's, like, an important note for, like, uh, what the future holds in fantasy, where, like, you know, it's it's just a lesson, kind of, that the the leaders of the world who have similar really devastating power didn't even take time to really get to know each other. They just were ruling their own cities and worrying about their own problems within. Yeah, and so I think that that's kind of what I visualize it as, is, like, the world is in chaos, everything is bad, and everybody is just trying their own ways of figuring things out. No one has any idea what is happening, and I think, like, Arthur understands, like, what happened, mate, like, because he is the spectacles. Yeah. Imbue sight beyond sight, basically. They imbue, you see all things. So I think he, even if he didn't see it at the time, he saw what she was up like what she was up to and what like why moon crescent froze like he saw it he sees the tragedy of it he sees the totality of it but he also sees the suffering and pain and is like i 
somebody has to do something, right? Yeah. And I, I, I do like the idea that he might be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, he might, because we, we're saying that Arthur shows up to fucking Mooncrescent and they fight. And obviously, Arthur comes out the victor. But, right. Because that's just how history has gone up to this point, what we've decided. But he might be, that might be an incorrect choice. And that's what I can't stress enough about this whole history thing is like the choices these people are making might not be good ones. They might have been able to, you know, he might have been able to go to the fucking tower and be like, you know, maybe let's not do this. Can you move the fucking moon? I mean, of course, I'm sure there was some kind of discussion, right? But like, what was there some kind of talk that happened? You know, was didn't Fea Lake send like a letter to? Because okay, because what's what's my rub with this whole scenario is the quill what connects all connects all minds to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, she basically knows what you're thinking. If Arthur can see everybody, Nymphaeus knows what everyone's thinking and knows what they're sat like what the cause of their strife in their life is and knows how to fix it. Right. She would know that Arthur is having this dilemma. Right. And does she send him a letter that's like, "Look, you do what you got to do, man. If you feel that this is what you really think is right, bring your shit to Moon Crescent." Yes, I like that a lot. I like the idea that it's a letter. And that it's, let me pitch something to you. Please. It's a letter that basically says, it's, it's, it is a letter that is neither a challenge nor a cry for help, Mm. but is, it is just an admission, it is just an acknowledgement of like, this is where we are. This is what, like, I, I have made, I have made my peace with what I have done. Like, I have seen what I've done for Moon, or to Moon Crescent and to the world. What happens now happens now, and I am okay with it. Yeah, because if she knows that Arthur is throwing around the possibility of, like, what if it came to blows? Because mm-hmm. it has to be something, like, that they think about. Like, because I'm sure if the world leaders got together, I think they would be split of, like, kill her. You know what I mean? We have to stop this. Mm-hmm. This is literally insane. Like, you know, my people, like, Purithra Guild is cold. It can't be cold in Purithra Guild. You know, the, yeah. the plants are dying. And so Arthur gets a letter that pretty much says, you know, if you gave me more time, maybe I could solve this, but I know what you're thinking. And if you feel that this is what has to be done, it has to be done. Yeah. So what happens all around the world? So uh, presume Arthur goes to Mooncrest and they fight, you know, whatever. What else is ha- like, what else is going on in the fucking world? You know what I mean? Are the other people just sitting waiting for the fucking results? Or is there, is there, is this happening everywhere? Is there fucking infighting across the world? I like, I like the turmoil. I like the. I'm not thinking hmm. sides. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not thinking sides where it's like, oh, I didn't agree. Like, because if you didn't agree with, all right, Arthur will go to Moon Crescent and they'll, they'll settle this. If I did not like that, would I go into isolation? Yes. Because I know you and I have thrown around the idea of what happens, what, what's up with fucking Dragon? You know what I mean? Right. And I kind of want the idea that Dragon goes, this is like, this is not okay. The leader of Dragon is like, I don't like the idea of going to Moon Crescent and fi- killing one of us. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're, right. they're really fucking powerful. It's like, we, we need this. And what if Dragon is just like, you know, hides pretty much becomes an isolationist country for lack of a better term where it kind of just 
my thought is like departs where it becomes like a city in the fucking clouds hides it hides itself away it literally lifts up out of the earth and flies away yes and is now like suspend is in the fucking sky and all that's left like if you were to look at it is like smoldering ruins and everyone is like oh i guess the leader of dragon destroyed their own city yeah that's sick okay so that's cool (laughs) yeah that's just a cool thing that's out there there's just a flying city out there dragons in the fucking clouds which is amazing um, and Arthur can't see it, and neither can Jer- well Jeremy. Um, we'll get to that. So, what do you want to talk about now? Because we have we have our we have our premise. Because next episode, I want to really dive into what actually happened at Moon Crescent when Arthur showed up. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But like history wise, because obvious. Um. What 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 what's left? So. Listeners, in the conversation that we just had, we we spiraled off into create trying to create dragon. It didn't go well. So Not we're, great. We're we, you know it wasn't the best because you know. So coming back, there is conflict between the five. Yeah. Yes, and I, I think all of them are reacting. All of the five and all of the five civilizations, all of the five big cities are reacting in different ways. They're all kind of they're all dealing with. The dealing with Moon Crescent in like ways they're all trying to cope with what has happened. Yes, and in their own way, and that's the thing is they're not working together. It's like the leader of Pirithagrail is like my crops are dying, like our farms are non-existent. Geode is like it is way too cold here. We're gonna have to build a fucking artificial sun if we're gonna survive this. We're in a fucking mountain region, you know. Mm-hmm. Dragon is like we are we have lava, like we can't deal with it freezing here. So it's yeah. not a cohesive kind of cooperation. So that's what I think that vi- that's where violence would come, where it's like the desperation kicks in of like survival. Yeah. I think everybody starts freaking out and everybody's everybody's dealing with it in their own ways. They're all like trying to make do. And Arthur, that's when Arthur gets the letter that's just like, do what you got to do. I've made my peace. I, I, tr- I gave I tried, which is more than what anyone else did. Yeah. What happens now happens now. So I think Arthur accepts his fate and accepts his role as like, I have to go to Moon Crescent and deal the king's peace to a member of the five jeweled crown. Yeah. Like, because if Arthur gets it, this is the, this is the point that's tragic and poetic and amazing to me that someone for who has like a chronic illness of the time, you know what I mean? This sucks has to fucking makes a desperate choice and is like and if you guys think that this is what's best i'm willing to deal with this like i'm willing to fight for this one i think i can i can fix this but if you think you're if you think that i'm wrong i'm willing to go to battle for this one Mm -hmm. and arthur's like well fuck who like i it's 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 been decided that's the thing that and that's the thing that sucks it's not fun and that's what i like is that like in the current fantasy we have, it's like, and of course, why can't it be both? This is like, they can't have both. One of them has to go. Like, someone's, someone has to stop this, or Nymphaeolycus gets more time to fucking figure this out, and they don't have more time. That's where we wrap it, because I know that, yeah, um, you know what, let's go ahead and say what we're doing next, because I yeah, think no, it's- Yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to honestly be like, because we've been, we, we're cryptic enough with, like, the directions that we're go, we gonna go in. Why not, you know? So, stay tuned. Next episode, 
uh, we're going to be playing Jim McClure's Reflections. Hell yes. Two-player role-playing game about two people fated to duel. Former friends pushed to the boundaries. Here's what's going to happen. Let's lay out. So, Reflections, one player has to die. One character. At the end of the game, you rip, you literally rip your character sheet. That character is gone. Obviously, given what we've written so far, we know that Arthur wins. For the history of the world that we've created, he has to win, unfortunately. We're going to play Reflections, and the question that we're going to play Reflections with is not, does Arthur die? It's, does Arthur live with, like, the weight of dealing the king's peace to Nymphaeolacus? Yes, does the does the person Arthur die a little bit? You know what I mean? Does the yeah. jovial king of Iron Hill, who's just like, all jokes— does he mentally make it out of this? Does he come back a different person than he left? Or is he able to live with it? Because also, historic, like with what we've written, he's the la- him and Dragon, they're the last ones standing. Mm-hmm. So Purithra Guild and Geode, by the time the Battle of Iron Hill, they're dead. You know? That's also something that like has to play into this. That the fact that Arthur, by the time we first met him at the Battle of Iron Hill, is a much different person. Can I um, just throw out an idea right now? Yeah, please. What if Arthur yeah. only thinks that he's the last? Oh. That him and, that him and Dragon are the last two. Because thinking about Purithra Guild, about halflings, about dwarves, and about Geode, Purithra Guild is surrounded by a haunted forest that living beings don't go through. Yes. It is walled off. It is ruled by some version. We've never quite hammered down the details because no. it was the one of the weirdest dice rolls we've ever got. It is ruled by some form of military uh, yes. dictatorship. <laughs> yes, it is. It's basically like blocked off, right? Yeah. It is an utter seclusion. There's literally living trees in there like telling people that they can never get to Purithra Guild. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Geode is literally underneath a mountain. Yes. And we know that in the future, Geode, you know, and John Pierre, when we took in the from the John Pierre episode, we know that Geode will one day close its doors and will one day block itself off from the world. Yes. What if this was not what if the reason that they do that is the old adage when you have a hammer everything looks like a nail? Mm. They close off because we have the mechanisms and the technology to close off and to, to close be self-sustaining, ranks. yeah, and we can be self-sustaining forever. We have our we have our mechanical son, we have our machine god. We can be in here forever. Oh, so what if Arthur, to Arthur's perspective, by the time the Battle of Iron Hill comes, Arthur and Dragon are it. Arthur has heard. Arthur can see nothing from Purithra. He sees nothing from the halflings. He sees nothing from the dwarves. And so the natural assumption is I see everything. They're gone. It's only us now. Dig it. Love it. Oh, shit. That means we have to... Damn. Damn. That gives us more mystery of, like, who the fuck is the skeleton in the haunted forest where Callahan finds the fucking hat? Ooh. I dig it. I love this. So let's call it a wrap on that. Uh, Reflections. Reflections. Arthur versus Nymphaeolacus is coming. That'll probably be the next episode. And that's a wrap on History Lesson 2, The Five Jeweled Crown. Oh, I love that. That was good. That turned out really well. Um, 
if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own for our non-history lesson episodes, uh, there's a lot of ways you can do it, and we need your prompts. You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast on Twitter. You can also use the hashtag fantasy children. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. Uh, you can also email us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. Or you can post on our Discord, uh, the link to which is pinned to our Twitter and to our Facebook. Yeah, if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to give some support monetarily to our show, if you have the means, you can back our Patreon at patreon.com slash allmyfantasychildren. Helps us support hosting fees, con appearances, and it's a great way to show your support for the show. Uh, you can also leave us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout out, or a word of mouth recommendation. Uh, all of those things are great tangible ways to support the show. They help us reach new listeners, which helps our show do bigger, better, and cooler things. Yes. If you like Jeff, Jeff has a second podcast. I do indeed. It is called Party of One. It is an actual play RPG podcast focused on two-player role-playing games. Uh, this week we played a short, creepy, super cool game called Grin. Uh, it's really cool. It's really neat and creepy and fast-moving and weird, and I think that you're really going to dig it. <sighs> a verbal hug for me this week is there are going to be days where it seems like Every single goddamn thing is going wrong. Mm-hmm. Where it just seems like everything's on fire and it's 11.45 in the morning and you still have to go to work. You're going to get through it. And you're going to get through it because I believe in you. Those days are going to end. You're not alone. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. They, these days happen. And... Things go wrong sometimes, and that's okay, because you know what? You know what the other half of that is? Is that things go right sometimes. And if you get through the days where everything is going wrong, you might just get to a day where every single thing goes right. That's very true. And that's my verbal hug. And with that, thanks everyone for listening. Good night, and good game.